All right, everyone good? Everyone awake? All right, cool. Let's get going. Um, We're going to read from um, 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 2, verses 1 and 2. And the title for today's message is Strength for Every Day. And we're going to go. I should also say before we start, um, I am the same person that was leading worship a few minutes ago. It's not another um, ginger with a funky shirt. It's me. Um, And uh, anyway, so it's normally, I I don't always lead worship and preach, but it just so happened today. So hopefully you can uh, bear with me in in that. I'm glad to be here and glad to be bringing this message. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, reading in the ESV, and it says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The Greek word there is for faithful men and women. Men and women who will be able to teach others also. The Bible says that Jesus offers us something that can strengthen us. Something that can give us everything we need for today. Everything we need for the present moment. And also give us enough to overflow. So not just enough strength for us, but that that strength would overflow and affect and bless and give encouragement to other people. And that something is called grace. Whatever the situation we find ourselves in, the Bible tells us that God's grace is sufficient for us. But I, I want to ask a question. I want to begin by asking a question. How often do you experience that strength for your everyday life? Or how often have you not felt that strength in your everyday life? I think we all can relate to that feeling. I've talked to several people part of this church and just people in general who more often feel stressed than they feel strengthened. More often, uh, we know what it's like to go through our day feeling exhausted or maybe even on the edge of burnout or how can I get through this? A little bit overwhelmed. Or maybe we know more than strength that's overflowing to bless others. We know what it's like to be anxious about the things coming up in the future or overwhelmed about what's going on right now or we're angry or bitter or ashamed of something that happened in the past. Many of us feel, and, and oftentimes we feel stuck in the same place, like we're not moving forward, or stunted when we feel like we should be growing, but we're stunted. But here's the deal. According to Jesus, and according to the good news, that's not the way it has to be. That's not the way that you have to live. That's not the life that God has called you to. You can experience strength in the present moment regardless of what you're going through. Regardless. It doesn't mean you're not going to be swayed by what you go through, but regardless of what you are going through, regardless of where you are, God has promised you strength in His grace for everyday moments. And like, like Timothy, like Paul is writing to Timothy in this passage, we can be strengthened in the grace every day. And this message is about how 
the gospel gives us strength for every moment. God wants to do through you what he has done to you. We say that a lot around here. We, we have a to you, through you gospel. God wants to save you by grace so that he can fill you up with grace and so that he can bless other people in your life with that grace. Does that make sense? So let's dig in for a few minutes uh, and learn how the gospel gives us that strength that we need for every day. Everyone set? Everyone ready to go? I'm planning on going quick today, so don't like, you know, don't fall asleep again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, just, uh, and, and we're, if you have a Bible, um, we're going to be, uh, or a phone, it's going to be on the screen. We're going to be hanging around these scriptures. Um, so let's get going. Um, first point, we are always at the bridge between past experience and future opportunity. We're always at this bridge between past experience and future opportunity. Look at verse 2 of the passage we just read. Paul's writing to Timothy and he says, What you have heard from me... So, Timothy, Timothy, Paul was Timothy's mentor. Um, he calls him my child. They had a very close relationship. Paul taught Timothy every, everything it meant to walk with Jesus and to minister to other people. And Paul says to Timothy, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It's a description, this verse is a description of where Timothy was in his life when Paul wrote to him. I want you to look at that verse. What's in the past and what's in the future? What's in the past, what's the verb that's in the past tense in that verse? Can we get the verse still back up there? Heard, right? What's the verb that's in the future tense? In trust. That's something you're going to do, right? He's telling Timothy to do this. So, Timothy is in between what he's heard from Paul, what he's experienced, how he's been trained, and the opportunities for ministry he has before him. So, another thing I could put is training here. That's a bad spelling. Forgive me. Training and then opportunities. Or ministry. Do you guys see that? Make sense so far? Paul writes to Timothy, Timothy is standing at the bridge between how he's been trained, what Paul has taught him, and what he's going to teach others. It seems to me that this describes every single Christian. And actually every single one of us. Don't we always just stand between the past and the future? Right? But as Christians, don't we always stand from what we've heard about Jesus and what we're gonna do about what we what we're gonna do about it? Does that make sense? We've always, we're always standing between, this is what I learned about the gospel, or this is how God forgave me, or this is how God saved me, and this is the teaching I got, and this is what it means that I need to do. This is how I need to give to someone who's in need. This is how I need to forgive like I've been forgiven. Does that make sense? We're always at this bridge between past experiences and future opportunity. And the Bible has called us to not just be hearers of the word, but doers, yeah. right? So we're between what we've heard about Jesus and what are we going to do about it. And it's not just future opportunity for himself. Notice that. It's not just you're going to have strength just for yourself. It's strength that is for you to bless others with. Does that make sense? God wants to do through you what he does to you. God will always bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. 
That's all the way throughout the story of God. If you haven't believed in Jesus yet, God wants to save you by His grace so that He can bless other people in your life with His grace. So like Timothy, we're always at this bridge between past experience and future opportunity. Secondly, we're always in need of the strength that comes from present tense grace. Get the past here, future here. We need strength here in the present. Paul spoke about what you heard, what's in your past, and Paul spoke about what you're going to do in the future. But what does he say is Timothy's present, current need? If we look at verse 1, you can look at the present tense verb. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What we need right now is to be strengthened. To move, in order to move from what we've heard and how we've been trained to how we're going to bless other people and the opportunities that God has for us. Timothy needs present tense strength that comes from grace in Jesus. Paul doesn't say that being taught was enough. Right? What you heard is enough. That's going to be your strength moving forward. And he also doesn't say, hey, the exciting opportunities that you're about to do, that should be enough to give you strength. No, he says, you've got to get from here to here, and the way you're going to do it is present tense strength. Be strengthened. Same for us. As Christians, what we always need in order to move into the opportunities that God has for us is a present tense strength in God's grace. The past, what we've heard in the past, is not going to be enough to push us forward. And the exciting things that God has for us and the hope that we might have for it or just dreaming forward is not going to be enough for right now. But God has promised to give us strength for right now that will bring us from the past into His future. Does that make sense? Regardless of where you are in your day, regardless of how your day has gone, even this morning, Regardless of where you are in your week, regardless of where you are in the year, regardless of where you are in your life, whether you're young or old, regardless of where you are in your ministry to serving others, whether you've just started or whether you've served the Lord for years, what you need right now is present tense strength that comes from the grace of God. What we always presently need is strength from the grace in Christ Jesus. So, how do we get that strength? told you guys I was going to move fast. Everyone here? Cool? All right, we're still moving? All right. How do we get that strength from grace? Because I don't know about you guys, but when I hear grace, I don't really think strength. I tend to think, I tend to compartmentalize grace. I tend to think grace is an attribute of God. Like grace is just his attitude towards me. It's what he's given me on the cross. And that's true, um, but that's not the full extent of what the Bible talks about when it talks about grace. I want to give you uh, something that I think will make it memorable, but just that grace is a posture, a power, and a present, or a gift. It's a posture, power, it's going to be right here, and a present. Uh, Where should I put present? I'll put present over here. That means gift. Um... All right, what do I mean? In short, grace is God's posture towards you 
that becomes a power within you so that you can give that grace as a present to others. God can give that grace as a present to others through you. Does that make sense? Grace, first of all, let's just cover those real quick. Grace is God's posture towards us. Grace is, is in God's heart for us. The way that God deals with us is with grace. He just pours and lavishes it on us. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, but For by grace you are saved, not by works, so that no one can boast. So it's not anything you did, but it's grace. It's unmerited favor. Favor and blessing from God that I don't deserve, and I could never earn, and I will never pay back. It's by grace that we are saved. That's the heart of the gospel. That Jesus, You know when we say that Jesus Christ died for your sins so that you could be saved? What we're talking about is, is Jesus Christ who never sinned. He, when He went to the cross, He died for our sins. You and I have all sinned. Yeah. Have you guys ever met anyone who thinks they haven't sinned? Yes. <laughs> well, they're wrong. <laughs> Right? So you can be encouraged by that. They're wrong, right? You can know that at least if they don't. But, but, but here's, the, here's what grace is. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And we all deserve death and, and estrangement from God, distance from God. And what Jesus did is so revolutionary because He never sinned and He didn't deserve to die. But He went to the cross for our death and then all of His righteous living, never sinning, He gives to us. It's this great exchange that we don't deserve and yet we're brought in by grace. If you're here today and you haven't yet put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, that's the heart of the message, what I just said. And you can start that relationship with God today. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Grace is God's posture toward us. But here's the thing. A lot of times we just stop right there. That's it. That's grace. We've got it defined. Okay, and then we move on into the Christian life. In order to move on to the Christian life, we've got to get some hard work in. We've got to get our determination on. We've got to get our works moving. Right? God got me in the door, but now I'm going to climb up the stairs myself. Right? (laughs) There's a pastor, um, Tim Keller, who... uh, has a, a, a very popular quote. It just says, the gospel is not the ABCs of Christianity. It's the A to Z of Christianity. It's not just what we get in through the door with and then we live the rest of our lives in our own works and what we can do for God in ourselves and in our own strength. No, it's the way that we grow. It's the way that we go deeper in the faith. It's through the gospel. So let's go through that a little bit. Grace is a posture of God towards us. Grace is the power of God in us. Grace The Bible talks about grace energizing and motivating believers. It's in our passage today where he says, Be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I've got a few passages uh, as well about this. Pardon me. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. So that's all posture. But now, no, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but what? The grace of God that was with me. All the work that he did that he said I worked harder than everyone else, you know what made that happen? It was God's grace. It wasn't my work. 
It was God's grace that gave me the power to do it. Acts 14 and 26. This is the end of uh, Barnabas and Paul. They went on a missionary journey, their first journey, and they planted churches uh, all around the world, several countries, and they're coming back to the end of it. And this is how it, it, it uh, comes to the end of that. It says, From Italia they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. So in the book of Acts... The book of Acts gives credit to the grace of God for all of the work that got accomplished in the first missionary journey. Do you see that? Every church that was planted, every, every bit of work that they did was empowered by God's grace. Hebrews 13.9 says, Don't be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. Not eating ceremonial foods, which is no benefit to those who do so. So God uses His grace to empower uh, us in our hearts. And then thirdly, God's grace is a present. God's grace is a gift that God gives to others through us. Ephesians 3 uh, verse 1 says this, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. And then you go to... Uh, Paul's favorite greeting, if you read like all the epistles, the letters that Paul writes to different churches, he begins every one of them with some version of this phrase, grace and peace to you. It's a reminder that God's grace has been given to me and it's empowered me and I'm going to give it to you. The life that God has called you to is this. To constantly receive grace from God's heart and to be motivated by and strengthened by that grace in your heart so that you can give that grace to the heart of someone else. To constantly receive this grace from God and to be empowered in our hearts by this grace from God so that we can give it to other people. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> That's where you're strengthened. That's where you're constantly renewed and rejuvenated and invigorated and strengthened by God's grace. And if you're here today and your faith is in Jesus Christ, but you don't feel strengthened, there's hope. There's strength for you today. God can strengthen you with His grace right now. By the power of the Spirit. And so I want to get, the rest of this message, I want to get into how we do that. Is that okay? You sure? That's okay? Okay, we got like three. Yeah, have three that are excited. I think, I think there's like three excited and four people are like, I don't know if that's true. Hey. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that none of us can boast. For we are God's handiwork, or a masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You guys see that? Saved by grace. That grace fills us to do good works. John 15, 5 
Jesus talking to the disciples says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine, you're the branches, remain in me. You'll bear much fruit. This is a vine. Remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. I got to confess, guys, a lot of times I've, I've come to a place in my life where I'm not feeling strengthened and I'm not bearing fruit and it's because I haven't been abiding in Christ and I'm surprised. You know what I mean? I'm like surprised. But Jesus puts it plain as day. He talks about abiding in Him. He talks about His grace is the power that strengthens us. So back to Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy. says, in order to move from the past experiences that you had and everything you've heard and all the training that you got into the future opportunities and to you sharing this message with someone who's going to share it with someone else, like exponential opportunities that God has before you. The thing that's going to get you from there to here is to be strengthened in the grace that's yours in Christ Jesus. And when you're strengthened in your heart, then you can be empowered to continually present that grace to the hearts of others. In the same way for us today, God wants to do through you what He has done to you by the power that He's put in you. So how do we access that power? Or how do we kind of put some parameters on what it means to, to be empowered or strengthened by God's grace? And I think... Uh, a, a big question that would help us get to that is to realize what we're being empowered by right now. Because the reason we don't feel strengthened is because whatever we're using to empower us and motivate us is not strong enough. Right? It, it it's either can be in the past. Sorry, past. This is this way. Okay. It can either be in the past. It can be something in the past that we're using to strengthen us, or it can be something in the future that we're hoping for to strengthen us. But whatever it is, if you're here today and you're in Christ, but you're not feeling strengthened, whatever you're looking to for strength is not enough. So what motivates you? What drives you? When we're not tapped into the grace of God for fuel, for energy, for motivation and strength, what are we tapped into? It's usually tied to our past or our future. What do we depend on for strength? What drives us? Obviously, something drives all of you. you you're here. You got here today. What made you get up today? What made you get dressed? Get breakfast or not get breakfast? Be here? What's driving you? Or just think about even in, in general terms, in the everyday when you're going to work. What is it? Is it approval of others? Is it success that drives you? Is it money that drives you? Is it fame? Is it reputation? Is it comfort in your everyday life? Is it power? Perfectionism, is that what drives you? I have to do this completely right. Is it anger about something in your past that's driving you right now? Is it bitterness about what somebody did to you that's driven you to where you are right now? Is it anxiety about the future? You think about all the things that are ahead, but you don't know how they're all going to pan out. And so you work and you work and you work. And that anxiety is what's motivating you to do work. Does that make sense? 
When we're energized by something other than the gospel power, the grace of Jesus, what does it feel like to do life? You can answer. Drained. Drained. Feel drained. Worried. You feel worried. Alone. Alone. Isolated. Two or three more. Unsatisfied. Unsatisfied. Anxiety. You feel anxiety. One example would, would be I realized at times that I'm being fueled by rest in, in a hope for future excess, success. Future excess. Wait, what? All right. I'm being fueled by the hope of future success. Right? And so there's the hope that whenever I reach this success that I have set this goal to that I want to reach, then I can rest. Right? But that's a lie. We all know that's a lie. Because whenever we achieve what we want to get... We don't really rest, do we? It's time to set another goal and it's time to continually be strengthened by that next goal that's going to fuel us. And so we're never going to feel that rest because our strength is not coming from God's grace. It's coming from what we're hoping we can do in our own strength. Does that make sense? So what about when we're motivated by the gospel of grace? What about when we see through the gospel that though we were far from God and enemies of God, He died for us to bring us in and to make us daughters and sons. And we have His approval. He stamped it on us. What if we weren't fueled by the, trying to get the approval of others, but we realized, I have God's approval and that's all I need. Does that change the way you make decisions in the workplace? If you're not as worried about pleasing other people, but you're worried about pleasing God and He's already pleased in you, that's what the gospel says. What about if we're motivated by perfectionism, but we realize in the gospel of grace that we aren't perfect and we never will be, and yet God died for our sins and He is perfect and He gives us His righteousness. What about if we're motivated by bitterness of what someone did to us, but we realize in the gospel of grace that Jesus has forgiven us of everything so that we can forgive others of anything. You see the difference there? If you're motivated and fueled by the bitterness over what someone did, you're not going to be strengthened and you're definitely not going to have a present to give to others. At least I don't want that present. <laughs> right? You're going to be giving other people something, but... It's not going to be good. Right? But when we're empowered and we're strengthened by grace, when we constantly bring our, our failures and our need to Him, and we see God's grace and we believe it. If I really wanted to go into this and make this a three-hour sermon instead of a two-hour sermon, um, I would go into... <laughs> um, I would go into... You know, this, this up motion is repenting because we're seeing Jesus and we're seeing His amazing grace for us and we're, and we're seeing our failures and we're turning that over to God and then we're believing in His grace that's given to us. And this becomes, this is the engine. This is how we're be strengthened. Spelling's horrible today. 
But that's for the three-hour message. Um, so we've got this promise that God's going to give us strength to get through what we need to get through. We've got this command from Paul to Timothy that says, in order to get from everything you've heard to everything, all the opportunities that God has given you, in order to get there, you've got to be strengthened right now, presently. Present tense grace. Present tense strength. That's what it looks like. What does it look like to have the strength that the gospel gives us for every day? It's an increasing, it's, it's a growing present tense taste of forgiveness that God's given me so that I can give that forgiveness to others. It's a growing present tense seeing Jesus so that I can display that so others see what Jesus is like. It's a growing present tense. I'm getting strength from God so that I know I have strength for this moment. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what's behind me. I do know what's behind me and I don't know what's ahead of me, but I know for right now, God's going to give me strength in His grace. And that will change how you go through moments. Knowing that God has said that I'm giving you strength will change how you go through those moments. I'm going to go through one more point before I just get through a, a few practical ways that we, can, that we can obey that command to be strengthened. But I want to talk about that, that command that we have in uh, verse 1 where he says, be strengthened. Be strengthened. Do you guys feel any irony in that command? Like if I, if I told you be strengthened, it's, it's a little funky. Do you feel that? And, and what that is, is in the, in the Greek in which this letter was written, the phrase and the verb is both an imperative and it's a passive. It's an imperative Paul is com- because Paul is commanding Timothy to do something. But it's passive because Paul is saying that this is something that has to be done to Timothy. God is giving us the command. We, it's imperative because he's calling us to do something. The imperative is be, and then the passive is strengthened. He, Paul's not saying you will be strengthened, because that's only passive, so it's not up to me at all. Right? So God's just going to give me strength. I don't have to address him or ask for strength. It's only passive. And Paul doesn't say strengthen yourself, which would be imperative only. It's all up to you to get that strength from God. No, but he puts them together and says, be, that's the command, strengthened, which has to happen to you. Paul knows we can't strengthen ourselves, yet strengthen Jesus is something we have to pursue or seek. The Bible commands us here to pursue God for the strength that only God can give us. You can't strengthen yourself, but you can pursue God who will strengthen you. And so Paul can confidently say, be strengthened. God's, our responsibility is to come to God and God's responsibility is to give us strength. And I don't know about you, but God doesn't fall short on His responsibilities. He's not that kind of person. <laughs> He's pretty responsible. Right? Our responsibility is to come to God asking for strength and God's responsibility is to give us strength at every 
moment, we need present tense strength from God's grace. We repent of where we haven't been strengthened by His grace, where we've been trying to do it on our own, or whatever's been fueling us in the past, or or the hope that we're looking to in the future that's not Him. We repent of that, and we turn to His grace, and we see how He meets our need. And at every moment, any moment, we have that present tense grace, that present tense strength. Is that tracking? So how do we practically obey the command to be strengthened? Because I can talk about imperative and passive and superlative and I don't know any other cool words right now. But <laughs> we talk about all these words, but it's got to, it's got to, the rubber's got to hit the road, right? It's got to, it's got to get traction somewhere in our life. So how do we do this practically? How do we, standing on this bridge, how do we be strengthened? Where can we go to be filled up so that God can pour us out? And uh, the answer, it can look like a lot of different things, but the basic term that I want to use is spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines. So what are spiritual disciplines? Um, all right, so first of all, anything in life that's going to improve takes discipline. Would you agree? You want better grades? You need the discipline of studying. All right, some of you got good grades. (laughs) Whoa, okay, all right. You want better grades? You need the discipline of studying. You want bigger muscles? You need the discipline of working out and eating better. That's right. Right? Right, all right. I'm not going to say anything about practice what you preach. Okay. But if you want bigger muscles, you need discipline, right? You can't make your muscles grow. But you can be disciplined in working out and getting the right nutrients in your body, and the way God's made us, they'll grow. You want to grow crops or plants at your house? You can't make plants grow. Did you know that? (laughs) But you can be disciplined. You can be a disciplined farmer. You can be disciplined with your house plants to where you give them water regularly, and you give them the right nutrients, and what happens? God brings the growth. In the same way, you can't make yourself, you can't strengthen yourself spiritually. You can't make yourself strong. That's something that only God can do. But what you can do is have discipline to come to God and to watch Him strengthen you. It's the same way. So spiritual disciplines. And before I get into a few of those, I just want to say there's a few dangers about, uh, there's a few dangers about this. Because this is just so very basic good things that we need to hear, but the dangers in saying, hey, this is the answer to be strengthened. Here's the spiritual disciplines. Here's the danger, is that we're going to think it's about what we do, right? So it's a works righteousness. So like, God, uh, I came to you in prayer, so you have to bless me, right? Or I read your word today, so you need to bless me, right? It's about what I do. It's not grace at that point. He's not giving you unmerited favor. He's just giving you the wage that you worked for, Right? So that's a danger to, to think it's all about us or to, or to have self-righteousness. God, give me strength because of what I've done for you. 
God, you see all these past things that I've done and the ways I've been trained. Or, God, you see all these opportunities. Give me strength because of what I'm going to do. Right? So that, that comes down to pride and not humility. Which is the whole, what grace gives us is humility. And then the other danger is the promise of future obedience. So God, give me, if you give me strength for what I need, if you get me through this, I will not miss a Sunday. <laughs> I will pray every day. I need at least a couple days off a week. But I'll pray every day. God, I'll fast three days if you give me this strength I need, if you give me this answer. Right? Is, tracking? That's not a good way <laughs> to approach God for strengthening and grace. But how do we practically obey? What are the, some of the spiritual disciplines that we can uh, walk through? And this is basically what I'm closing with. But um, first one, weekly public worship. Weekly public worship. So all of you that are here can just put a check mark. <laughs> in your, all right, let's, uh, someone take notes of everyone who's not here. We're going to call them after. Um, no, but I do want to read a, a, a scripture on this and just uh, give a few words. Uh, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, Let us hold unswervingly. I love that word. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. One way that we can access that present tense grace for strength from God is just through coming to the weekly gathering and worshiping with other believers together. Do you guys know why Christians worship on Sunday? Because Jesus rose on the first day of the week. And it's a reminder of the gospel. You know, that was a huge riff in the New Testament when Jesus rose from the dead because all the, new, all the first Christians were Jewish. And when did they worship? On the Sabbath, the last day of the week. Right? And this is, if you, if you go to apologetics, this is a big thing that people point to because all these Jews who for thousands of years have worshipped God on the Sabbath in an instant started worshipping God on the first day of the week. Why? Because we're reminded that this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day of the week that our God rose again and we serve a risen Lord. Yeah. And so when we come together and worship, don't let anyone tell you it's not important. Yeah. Don't let anyone tell you, oh, it's just Sunday. This is when we come together and we're reminded of God's grace. We sing songs just like they did in the very beginning when the gospel was being preached. They sang songs and melodies out of their hearts. We come together to sing to God. And we come together to, to hear the word of God, to be equipped, to access that strength. Does that all make sense? Is that all good? All gravy, ready for the next point? All right, cool. Next one is daily. So we, we did weekly public worship. Next one, daily private worship. I want to read just a few psalms and just listen how the psalms uh, accentuate and emphasize the importance of coming to God every day, every morning, even if you listen to these scriptures. Psalm 143.8 Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go for to you I entrust my life. Psalm 90.14 Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. 
Psalm 59, 16. But I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be satisfied as with the riches of foods. Richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. So one of the spiritual disciplines that we can, that we can come to God through is through worshiping God every day, privately. In some way, in some way coming to God and saying, whether it's um, reading the Bible every day, whether it's praying every day, whether it's uh, maybe you connect with God through worship songs and singing along and praying as you do that. Um, whatever it is, however you best connect with God, we have all these options. We have all these tools. Every, every week in our church, we talk about community uh, city Bible reading where you can get the scriptures text to you every morning to read the same scriptures that everyone else in the church is. Whatever it is, are you encountering God every day? Are you coming to him for strength? And if you aren't, are you surprised that you don't feel strong? It's not that it's about something you can do, but we are commanded to be strengthened. We are commanded to come to God so that we can receive strength from Him. Amen? Amen? That's been one of the most effective things in my life this year is that somehow by God's grace, I don't know how it happened because it seems like all the time, there's, sometimes there's times of like, I, I talk to God every day and I pray and I read the word and then there's other times it's like a month goes by and it's like, what happened? <laughs> right? But somehow, I just, this personal story, letting you in for a second, for, somehow from the first day of, of, of 2016 until now, I just got into this, this uh, Bible reading rhythm weekly and, and haven't missed a day in 31 weeks. And I'm not saying that to glorify me, but I'm saying that because of this. I have felt so much strength from God because of that. And it's not like a smug strength of like, God, you're strengthening me because I'm spending time with you. <laughs> In the morning, you have to bless me. You have to give me strength, right? No, it's not that. It's just that as I go throughout the day now, because I've already interacted with God's word, and be, if I come to something and I'm tempted to be overwhelmed, I'm, I have more tools now to be like, hey, Israel was overwhelmed here, but God came through so amazingly. Right? And I have 10 stories and have 10 encouraging words and I have maybe more than 10. But whatever. There's so much more strength and there's so much more strength I have to offer other people. Just by, just by growing in that spiritual discipline. So I know it's basic. I know if you grew up in the church you've heard that a thousand times. It's true. That's probably why you heard it a thousand times. <laughs> And, and, and I want you to know that that's a way that we can access this grace and be strengthened. Another one, um, and I'm wrapping up, is through gospel community. Um, but basically just being connected, being in relationships with others. Colossians uh, 2, and I have the scripture there, but it talks about um, 
that the group, that the church would be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they would have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. It talks about how we grow as we're connected together. I had an example even this week, even this week of almost crippling anxiety, something I was going through. And I called up Vince and I said, hey, can I have a few minutes of your time to, you know, cry on your shoulder? Not really. Um, but if I had, that would be okay. Anyways, uh, he, I needed to hear the gospel. I need to get strength from God through him. We all need that. None of us are going to be enough to strengthen ourselves. We need others around us to remind us of the strength and the grace that we have in God. Does that make sense? That's why we talk about every week, if you want to grow as a Christian, be a part of a gospel community. If you're at this church, our goal and our vision for you is to be a part of a gospel community. Why? So that's something we can check off and say you're growing? No. Because those are the relationships that you're going to have that when you're going through a hard time, God's going to use those people to build you up. Those are the people that, that when you're going through a good time, you can help them. Does that make sense? So that's a spiritual discipline that we can grow in. All right, I've got to end. So I'm going to end. I'm going to end with this. And I just want you guys to, to, to think about a few things and, and maybe make your own self-assessment. And it might be helpful to just kind of focus on one of these three, whether it's a posture, a power, or a present. Is grace a power in your heart? Right now, do you feel strengthened by God's grace? Or do you feel angry or frustrated or tired or anxious? Or are you in despair? Or are you fueled by something else? If, if you're not experiencing God's grace as a power, as a motivator, if it's not driving you right now, how can you be strengthened? Is there some spiritual discipline? Is there some thing that you can start to do that you can plan to do today and say, God, I want to, I want to be faithful to come to you and ask for the strength that only you can give me and this is how I'm going to do it. Is grace a posture toward you? Are you here today and you, you haven't yet experienced that grace of God? You don't know what it means to be walking, walking in God's grace and to be saved by God's grace. We're talking earlier about calling on Jesus to be saved. If you want, if you want to talk about what it means to start that relationship with God today, please come. We're going to have a time to pray and please come talk with me. Lastly, is grace... Is grace a present to others through you? As you look at your life right now, are there people around you in your life that have been affected by God's grace at work in you? Are there people around you in your life that you want to be affected by God's grace at work in you? How can you focus on being strengthened by God's grace so that you can give it away? How can we be faithful to do that? All right, I'm going to end. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you. God, we know that we are weak and needy without you. 
that we have so much need of you that, that on our own, we can't do it. Lord, we confess that so many times things other than your grace, we use things other than your grace for fuel or for energy, for motivation. And uh, we confess, Lord, that so many times those, those things have fallen short. And they not only have left us empty and burned out and anxious, but they brought down others around us. Lord, I pray for today that each person in here would be challenged with this command to be strengthened in your grace, that they would see how it applies to their lives, God, and they, they would see the hope and the good news that is in this message, God, that you have promised to be faithful to strengthen us, God. And God, I pray that as we consider these words, we wouldn't be, uh, that you would keep us from the temptation to make it about us, to make it about what we do for you, to make it about trying to get you to owe us something. Lord, and help us to realize that you've given us spiritual discipline so that we can grow, so that we can have strength, so that we can bless others. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for continually showing us that you love us even when we don't deserve it. We love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to take a few moments at the end. I want to invite you guys. Um, We have uh, elements of communion here. Uh, If you would like to gather in in small groups, two or three people, and just um, what we do here is remember how um, Jesus' righteousness was given to us at the cross and his blood was poured out to take away our sins at the cross. So that's what it's about. It's for faith. If, if you have faith in him, it's a great reminder of that and to pray with others. And I want to challenge you in this time just to think of what are some ways that I could plan, what are some ways that I could plan to access that strength that God's given me in his grace? Does that make sense? What's something that I could do? It's going to look different for everybody. Everyone's going to have a different kind of plan. But what's one thing that I could do that, that's going to get me closer to, to being strengthened in God's grace? Make sense? All right, we'll do that for about five minutes, so we're going to end in one song, all right?